Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle. Today on the show, I'm joined by a man who's a former co-worker of mine and a good friend of mine, a man who currently lives in Russia, running his own business under his pseudonym, which is The Exam Coach, and my guest today is none other than Mr. James Davey. James and I met a number of years ago working together at VaynerMedia. We had a certain shared uh, interest in, in things to do with entrepreneurship, things to do with just generally working hard. We, uh, we as we just touch on, we, we did a lot of our bonding between sort of 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. in the morning when most people weren't in the office or 6 p.m. and about 11 p.m. when most people had gone home from the office. Uh, we went through a phase of maybe burning the candle at both ends slightly, but learned a great deal and, and it wouldn't change it for the world. During the episode, we talk about a number of things. We talk about productivity hacks, things around smartphone management, a lot about how James, you know, managed to start his own business that he turned into a successful venture while also working full-time in a in a job so anyone who has any interest in that there's definitely some some real value nuggets in this episode for you and other than that just a bit of fun as well good friend of mine james he's a fucking legend if i say so myself also just a trigger warning for anyone who plays video games on their phone there may be some parts of this episode that you you might just want to not listen to this episode because you may be insulted by some of the things you hear and that's all I'll say. Other than that, got to give a shout out to our sponsors, artbyangus.com. Uh, it's too late to get a painting for Christmas now, honestly. If if you, I mean, maybe if you ordered today, if you're listening on the day this podcast comes out. But listen, you've missed your fucking chance, okay? Um, but that doesn't mean you can't buy paintings that may arrive slightly after Christmas. Nobody minds getting a late Christmas present if it's a nice present. So you could buy someone something. Just saying. Anyway, uh, I don't really care if you buy a painting or not because... I'm going to be a world-famous painter one day. <laughs> um, and on that note, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 10 of the Creative Marketing Podcast. Today I am joined by a former colleague of mine and a man who has since gone on from his times at VaynerMedia to start his own business. Well, he started his own business while he was at VaynerMedia. He's since gone on to, to make that more of a full-time business and has moved to Russia. And that man is Mr. James Davey, aka The Exam Coach. Welcome, sir. Hello. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Angus. Good to have you, man. Yeah, I feel like this has high potential to be my favorite episode yet because I feel like we're uh, we've had some good conversations in the past. So I'm just hoping this one lives up to those standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you put the pressure on now, but yeah, I remember back in the back in the Vayner Media days, we had a few. There was a, there was a lot of good conversations and a lot of funny moments as well. It was really great memories from there. And uh, yeah, well, we could we can get into it how it how we all you know started from such a small amount of people and then i think when i left there was 60 something people which was crazy um yeah so that was a great great times we and even in our vayner media days i believe we even we came very close to starting a podcast and even recorded an episode or two i was trying to is it was it called yeah, watch the space is that what it's gonna be called <laughs> yeah it was hilarious what were we talking i think we were just talking about marketing tips or it was it was just kind of uh, what we were doing at vayner media plus a bit of advice on what you could do to just stay a little bit ahead of the curve with some marketing plays and things that might be able to work for different types of businesses. 
but it was yeah it was, i think we did record one episode but it never went live it must be on google That's drive it. somewhere yeah yeah for sure yeah. uh maybe i'll get a bonus episode of the creative marketing podcast someday but i guess yeah where do we begin let's start with let's start with your your if give us your sort of spiel i guess what's your yeah, how do you so, describe yourself yeah so i i get a, i'll start off with um what i what i did coming out of university because that's where i suppose it really starts when i left uni i wanted to i always wanted to work for myself i always thought you know the way that you can really do what you want to do in life is by coming up with what you find meaningful and and do it uh and often what you find meaningful is going to be slightly different from what someone else finds meaningful you can kind of align yourself with that with what other people find meaningful and you can learn from them and everything. But I think everybody's vision for life is always going to be slightly different from someone else's. So I actually just left uni and at university, I'd, I'd worked for a few startups and I saw how they worked and I thought, you know what, I can, I can do this. Uh, I'm just going to go out. And I was always very passionate about education and, and helping people see the value in it, helping people progress in it. Uh, so I just went round literally just drove my car around to all the schools in my local area and just said, look, I want to come in and do a workshop for your students. And I could speak in front of people. I like doing that and creating cool presentations that actually had an impact and a point. Because one of the things that I noticed when I was at school, I had so many lessons, so many teachers, and there was a massive range in the ability of, of the teachers to kind of capture my imagination and motivate me and inspire me. So some were great at it, some were terrible and I think that's the same with everybody at school so I wanted to be one of those people who really captured the imaginations and inspired people to you know progress in a subject or see school in a different way uh, and I went around to schools and I was helping with the students with their GCSE and A levels just delivering these workshops that would be usually about one hour long to the whole year group so the 100 to 200 students in each of these I did it free for a year and then I just started charging some of the schools that I was working with saying look I want to create a little business out of this now so that's how started and at the end of it as the business started pro to progress i did a bit online started doing these online programs and and trying to support students there on social media uh and eventually uh, i got connected with vayner media and that's how i ended up there so i did that for a couple of years learned how to run advertising targeted advertising which obviously vayner media is is pretty good at uh so we worked that out and worked with a few big companies there and i actually started running ads at vayner media for the exam coach which was the the company that i'd made by then and i was still doing because you know, vayner media was a fantastic company and that if you worked really hard when you were there and we did you know you and i both know we worked well you're still there we worked you, you work working. Hard. Yeah, you work. You put a shift in, but it's good, and it's and you're rewarded for the hard work, and it's a great environment to work in. And when I was there, I was able to still do the exam coach stuff. So actually, I think two or three times I actually just left work early to go and do these workshops. Right? I just because I would say, look, I'll absolutely smash a day, seven a.m. till ten p.m. one day, and make up for the time. And you know, I'd work on weekends and other things to make sure that it was a fair deal. And you know, Gary Vaynerchuk very much runs he runs the business like that you know that and, and I know that too and it was very fortunate that I ended up there because it allowed me to be able to do a lot of the things that were able to keep momentum with the exam coach and then I got to the stage where actually everything was set up where I thought 
this is this is ready now. This is a, a fully fledged business that can support me. And I've been doing that for the last two years. So that's where I'm at. And I'm actually currently, as you said, in Russia because I've grown an, enough of a presence online with Google search and, and different areas of the internet to be found by parents who want to get their kids either into the top British schools internationally or just want to improve their kids' exam results. They'll get me to come and do some some private tutoring with their kids out in different locations. So at the moment, <laughs> I'm in Moscow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Moscow, yeah, the yeah. Russian market. It's uh, British education has got a very good uh, reputation worldwide. So that's why I'm out here at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Love it. You so you said you said you were you've always been passionate about education. I feel like that might be a slight fib in that you may not have been as passionate about education when you were in school. You may have. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Any any good stories about out. being a master back in the day before you found the, the uh-huh. enlightenment of hard work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think it, it always works like that with students, though. At the beginning, you don't really see the point in it. You see school as a bit of a chore. And then all these adults are saying, oh, you know what? I love school. I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back to school now and appreciate it for what it was and take all the opportunities and learn everything. But the trick is, is that you only learn that once you've done it it's like with many things yeah. in life i think you only see the value in it after you've done it and you look back on it and you say oh you know what that was actually really important really interesting or i could have used that in a in an interesting way or capitalized on that opportunity so yeah that's uh that's definitely something that i learned afterwards but mm-hmm. i want to try and make students realize it as early as possible yeah i think it definitely took the school was too abstract for me there was like i couldn't see the direct application of it to my life so i wasn't very inspired but once it got closer to the real world then i saw the value in education because it was like oh <laughs> i could make more money because if i learned this fact exactly yeah that's it that's when it all I was started to make sense with, to me yeah speaking with a parent the other day and they said look like i went to a they just went to a normal we we're talking about they're trying to get their kid into a, a grammar school which is a lot of the stuff that i do a lot of parents send their send their children to me and say look i want to get them into a grammar school or an independent school in the uk and those are the schools that essentially are just they provide the best education because they they've got the most rigorous standards often the best teachers go there it's just all kind of stacked in that way but with a grammar school you don't actually have to pay anything extra with an independent school you do so it's a paid for service and it's going to be a bit better but with a grammar school you actually just take a selective exam and if you pass that exam you get in and it's why a lot of a lot of families go for it especially the ones that want to try and you know give their children great opportunities and and this guy was saying he went to a state school and he he realizes now what it all means because a lot of you know he's done well he's in a good profession he's really worked his way up but uh he said you know i i see that there's a lot of people who I work with who are really high up and doing well and they're really well put together people who took the grammar school opportunity and he wants to have that for his kids too. And that's Mm -hmm. another example of how you only realize things after having been through it all and got a bit of perspective. So, yeah. Touching a bit more on VaynerMedia, any, any big lessons you learned, you talked about targeted advertising, anything else that you would chalk up as a big lesson you learned while at Vayner? The biggest things for me were... Before I went to VaynerMedia, I would say the way I worked, I thought I worked really effectively and efficiently, but I didn't. VaynerMedia really taught me to, you know, it taught me that you can get things done extremely quickly if you set yourself deadlines and and you work together as a team and you have process and order. You can work a lot faster than you think you can. Part of that as well is it's a bit of a Gary Vaynerchukism, but it's the the idea that, you know, just just get it out, just ship it, get it done. Don't get too picky about the the you know trying to make it perfect um because nothing's perfect the best thing to do is just get it out there try it and actually a lot of the things that hold you back from trying your ideas is you're scared of 
failing or scared of what other people might think, scared that it's not your best work. But there's a fine line between making everything your best work and actually getting anything done. So that's that's definitely one of the biggest things I learned was the speed and getting things done. And then obviously as well, just the technical stuff, targeting advertising, uh, yeah. which is just a huge skill. And I think there must be so many business owners today who have great products products, great ideas. But the problem is, is that if, if nobody knows about it, they're never going to buy it. And the, the skill that I now know I have and you have and everybody else at VaynerMedia has is if you do have a great idea, you know that, all right, you need a bit of cash to get it going. But with advertising as well, it really doesn't take take much at all. So for example, the, the exam coach, I've, I've always self-funded it. I just take mm -hmm. money that I've earned from the business or from VaynerMedia and I put it into the advertising. And when you're confident about getting a return on your ad spend, you can do that. Because you really don't need that much. You run the campaign in the right way. You know what you're going for. You make sure you make a, a few sales early, obviously, because that's, you know, you got to get your cash flow going and, and that's it. And also actually building on that, it's probably another thing that I think is Gary pushes, but is forgotten today is, you know, business is about, you've you got to be viable. You've got to actually make money. Like a lot of the businesses just, it's all this, I need funding. And then I'll make money. Mm -hmm. I'll need funding yeah. and then I'll make money. A lot of businesses, I think the one thing I took away is, you know, make money now do it that's a business yeah. it has to be profitable uh and it has to has to work it can't be you know i need i need 20 million and then then i'll be okay yeah but it's yeah. you know that's what i learned so those are the those are the three main things i'd say speed shipping it targeted advertising and businesses should make money from day one so to bring it back like this the the target listener for this podcast is like creative people be that artists writers musicians comedians anything like that early in their career looking mm -hmm. to like learn how to market themselves so and like we can talk about this from a few different angles for sure but just because it's what you've just mentioned around the paid advertising and because obviously that's my sort of area of speciality and work i'm keen to get your thoughts on this but one thing that i always caution people early on who are sort of starting to run paid ads is and keen to get your thoughts on this is like don't expect that on day one i know you've said you want to be getting some money in the door early on but i would say don't expect on day one or even in the early days that your ads are actually going to generate money for a couple of reasons you need to figure out through testing different approaches which audiences are going to work which types of creative are going to work which you know what what's what ad copy you should have that all those sorts of things as well as you need to hit people with a few ads like it's very rare that someone sees the first ad they've ever seen for something and then purchases a lot of the time it's about frequency it's about hitting that person with that ad four five six seven times and then them converting so just keen to get your thoughts on like on the on the the build-up and the learning of running paid ads rather than maybe people sort of expecting that they just turn on an ad and then they're after two days they haven't gotten sales so they're like oh well it doesn't work for me no i'd agree with all of what you just said it's it, that's exactly it but with the the paid platforms now i think you can also make those testing pools of money or budget very very small mm -hmm. so you can make them small and say right but you need to make sure that obviously you've you've thought about okay who's who am i going to make sure sees this ad and that ad and this ad roughly speaking, using the targeting on each of the platforms and what you can do. And yeah, you, you have to be you have to be patient with it, but it's it's important to have that strategy of, okay, I'm gonna target this this group with, with this ad and I'm gonna test this ad against three different other types of ads that are mm -hmm. showing things. And yes, the frequency element is important too. You do have to hit people a few times um, in order to, to get them really thinking about your product and, and purchasing it. 
but then I'd, I'd also say with that, would you, you'd want to think about your funnel in a different way. You're trying to make sure that the first ad you show them is a really great offer. Usually, actually, I would always recommend just doing something for free, you know, giving mm-hmm. them something for free, getting them in your, getting another touch point with them, getting them in your email list, getting them on your, you know, the, with some of the ones that I try and convert, like some of the customers that I always try and convert earliest when I'm doing initial ad spends, I'll try and get a, a WhatsApp number or something that's a very close form of communication. And then mm-hmm. you can really deliver some great value, some some free versions of your product and, and get the, the customers thinking that, you know, you, you've actually done them a real great service for nothing already. Yeah. So if that's setting the tone from the outset, then you're in a much better position to actually just start with that group of 10 people who actually care about what you do and trying to get them to to give you you know some of their some of their uh budget or finance towards whatever you're selling and you know do a great job for them and then they mm-hmm. might tell if you then the whole word of mouth thing comes into it then you're away from digital advertising you're into the most powerful form of marketing which is people telling each other and and that's how it works it's no, there's no real like step-by-step system I'd say you can follow but it's you just have to constantly be trying stuff and yeah. that's what I think that's where I think the benefit of actually doing your homework on this helps because it gives you the confidence to say when things are perhaps not looking so good and you're spending quite a bit of money and you're like, whoa, I'm not getting anything here. It gives you the confidence to, to hang in there. It's the same with the stock market, I imagine. If you know your finances and the stock markets, you're going to be putting a lot of, you might be throwing a lot of cash into different areas where at the beginning, it's not going to look so good. But if you stick by it and you stay with it and stick with the strategy, it, it should come good in the end. Yeah, for sure. I just bought 20 pounds worth of Bitcoin the other day because I heard it's going to be worth yeah. Well, yeah, go up a thousand percent in a few years. So I figured I might yeah. just start buying a little bit every month. Yeah, that's, that's my yeah. I mean, my latest investment strategy. <laughs> uh huh. Whichever way you want to do it, I think there's well, there's already been kind of one big up and down, hasn't there, with the Bitcoin? But yeah, yeah, I, it's the same principle. If you know what, if you if you look at the strategy and you stick to it and you commit for the long term rather than just being affected by short term things, I, I think you're going to be you're going to stand a lot better a lot better chance. But it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of uh, trust in the process. Yeah, yeah, Bitcoin's definitely a twenty year play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see where it lands <laughs> before we sort of move off the banner media stuff a couple more bits around that first of all just any highlights any good memories that you have and then after that any thoughts or tips for people who are working and side hustling because i think you did that very effectively so any things that you found that work particularly well or ways to yeah, balance yeah, those yeah. things first up good memories from vayner media I just remember at the beginning, like there was, so I was the, I was there very early from the, the beginning of the London office. Yeah, you're and a I proper you, OG. Yeah, there was about seven people there. So, <laughs> and they were all just from, they'd come over from the New York office. So they had a bit of experience. I was just completely fresh. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> just got in there, cracked open a laptop and just obviously started just <laughs> pinging emails out and having a good time. But uh, no, it was great because you just got thrown in and you, you learned very quickly and there was there were people there to help you, obviously. But I like I liked it at the beginning because you got exposed to so much. And the best thing about it was just the people who were there. And, you know, we did for an advertised well, ad agencies, you do work pretty hard, but it was, it was, you know, we were working early and until late, but, you know, go out after, have, have beers, have a few drinks, great times, and then straight back out of the next day. It was a really good team environment. That was the best thing. And oh, there are loads of stories, some which I probably won't mention on here, but just, <laughs> just, uh, just cracking. Yeah, really good fun. And I always remember as well when there was, whenever a campaign was going live and, you know, we did work some really, 
well, the biggest companies in the world there. There would be a lot of money going behind stuff and it would be quite, and things would sometimes go wrong as they always do in companies where you're doing a lot of stuff. And we learned a lot from that as a team. And also I remember, I think in the first six months of being there, we pitched for eight different things and we won every single one of them. And it was great to be on a winning team, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and think, and we did grow exceptionally quickly for those first that first six months to, to a year. I think we went from seven to 50 in literally no time at all uh, because we just kept on winning stuff and it was great to be winning the whole time. And, and that was that was awesome. So, James, I would say I would say about you, I've speaking of things going wrong, I've just had some flashbacks that I've yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never in my life seen someone take more aggressive verbal abuse in work and it, it have literally no impact on their psyche whatsoever. You have taken people berating you, often very unjust, probably always unjustifiably. And you your reaction's always like, okay, yep. And just you move on, not even a flinch. Like you couldn't give a shit about these people yelling at you. And I've always admired that. I think it's a great trait. <laughs> just take it on the chin. Take it on the yeah, chin. Yeah, man. man. That's, 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 I think that's, uh, where did I learn that? I probably, you know what, I probably did learn that at school between the age of 13 to 18. And it, I do it quite actively as well, because I remember, so I went to a boarding school and that, you know, you there, if you, you couldn't go home and cry to mum and dad, if you were getting beaten up at night or something like that, or yeah. there was something going bad, or you had a problem, you just had to deal with it. And a lot of it as well was, you know, when there's 60 boys living in one space and you're 14 and the oldest guy's 18, you're going to get you're going to get problems uh, and you have to learn how to deal with them. And one of the best ways I found of doing it was just stay tight. Just don't show that anything's affected you, affected you. Just stay calm. And if you do that, things turn out pretty good. In my experience, yeah. you just stay calm. The other person's like, well, that's, he's staying pretty chilled there. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's relaxed. He's going to just continue doing the job. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they think, okay, well, they don't really know what to do. Well, I'd, I, you know, I'd, that was my experience. You don't really know what to do. So you just, uh, and it's a good way to move forward, I think. And it did work. It worked pretty well, I think. Uh, oh, it's worked well for me so far, but it's, uh, yeah, just trying to find, see perspective on things. It's just work at the end of the day. It's just things happen. You just have to keep going. And yeah. the, the way you're actually going to achieve the objective that you want to achieve is, I always think, by staying calm, thinking clearly, and then you're going to achieve it much quicker than if you were to waste your energy on arguing or shouting or getting emotional things like that you're a wise so, man yeah lesser mortals would have melted under some of the uh some of the tirades i've seen you endure with with a <laughs> smile on your face <laughs> well that, that was part of the job though because the, the role i played it was slightly different from yours and that you were you yeah, were buying true. the ads but i was i was the messenger guy linking the teams up right doing all the communications mm-hmm. and the, the the account side is account account management stuff and uh there you had to speak to a lot of people, you know, on the creative side, on the media buying side, who, if you gave them the wrong information or something wasn't totally clear, they'd let you know about it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was good. But yeah, it was, it was it was a great job and I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. And the second thing about, oh, the running the, yeah, doing the side hustle whilst you're yes, sir. doing the thing. I think the crucial thing for, well, it's, you just got to work ridiculously hard. You got to be prepared to do what other people aren't prepared to do because you're trying to do two things at once and you you see it all the time in fact just this morning actually i read the story on the it was just it popped up on um the business section of the bbc news website it was about this uh cambodian guy who had gone to california he'd left when the vietnam war was on in the Mm -hmm. in the 
mid 1900s he'd left he'd gone to california as a refugee set up set up these donut shops and then it told the story of how he he built this kind of donut empire in california and then actually it, it went on to say that he lost it all because he got a ga- he had a gambling addiction and then he went back to cambodia got in a bit of trouble there and then went back to the US and now he's kind of rebuilt his life a bit. But the the thing that you did see is when he's building up the donut empire, he was a refugee when he came to California and he worked as, I think he was pumping gas or that's American term, Mm -hmm. pumping petrol at a petrol station. (laughs) Uh, And then he was doing, he was a janitor and he he worked the whole time. He just worked all the time. And that, you know, that's it. And that's what he did. And it's not, you know, there's no two ways about it. And I've I've seen it with so many other people you look at who are successful. They just do things that other people just would say, you know what, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And they just say, no, I'm not tired. I've got I've got three hours here where I'm going to crunch out some stuff. And if you do that five, seven days or seven days a week, you know, you know, seven times three, you got 21 hours there of work. So, yeah, and that 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 stacks up. And when you're not doing it, also it also shows. So that's it. You just got to carve out the time, find the energy from somewhere. I think still doing a good job in the job that you're in is important because you know if you if you're slacking on that a bit at all, uh, I think it doesn't help your your spirits and morale. It's always nice to know you're doing your best in everything. Mm-hmm. And I actually found the harder I worked at VaynerMedia, the more I learned to apply to my own stuff. And then you know just just get up ridiculously early in the morning and smash it. Uh, in the morning, win the day. Yeah, just go for it and find where you work best. Do you work best in the morning? Do you work best in the evening? Get up early. And like obscene, I remember, I think I got up at, I was getting up at like 4 a.m. for six months of Media at least. And then I kind of stopped doing that for a bit. And then I went to more working in the evenings. That's what you have to do. Yeah, man. It's a, I was actually thinking about this this morning, how, you know, like the need for rest and all that. I feel like some of that is so much just like a, a learned thought you know um obviously obviously within reason there's obviously a need for rest but like the thought of oh well you have to take the whole weekend off um yeah all that sort of stuff is just so nonsense and i feel like yeah we did a lot of our (laughs) a lot of our bonding was done between 7 to 9 a.m and 6 p.m to 10 p.m when most other people weren't in the office and we were (laughs) yeah there was always a group of us who were just there just we just liked doing 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 the work properly and getting it all done you know I, I a lot of people would say oh well you know i just got all my work done between nine and six but i i always think you know if you if you just work longer and you're working you know again to, to quote the ceo of VaynerMedia, yeah. he says you know i'm working hard and smart so yeah i don't care if you're working four hours i'm working 10 and i'm working smart so yeah. there you go uh, and that's true um, because you know th- I think there is all this. Oh, there's a hack for this. There's a hack for that. But you know, if you just sit, if you just sit down, pop the laptop, and get involved, and you do it longer than someone else, and you make sure you're being as effective as you can, you're going to get more done. You're going to get more done than them. It's as simple as yeah. that. Um, and you're going to make more mistakes than them, which is how you're going to yeah. learn more. You know, yeah, absolutely. Upping the rate at which you fuck things up, which is ultimately how you get to the best outcomes. Yeah, for sure. And that's it's. Yeah, I think there's just so much. There's like I haven't learned. Obviously, I've got loads still to go and learn about business. I'm yeah. still doing it now. But I think one of the things that I was searching for the answer for is, oh, how do you make sure you're as effective as possible and things like that. But really, it's just about work harder than anybody else or anybody that you know. You set the hardest or the highest standards for yourself as possible, and just try and be as effective as you can and make adjustments to be more effective. Uh, and that's it. Words of wisdom. Moving on to the exam coach then. Any 
sort of thinking back to the beginning, any early failures or lessons that you learned, like in the in the very early stages? Yeah, I think one of the things that I did that was kind of a it was a it was half failure, half success. In that at the beginning, what I started doing is the thing that really helped me get some momentum was uh, when Snapchat just released Snap Ads. I'd done a campaign for a massive client on Snapchat. And I, I really just figured out a lot about the advertising because I'd seen all the results that they'd been getting. And I just saw yeah. how you, you could just get unbelievable exposure for just really, really small amounts of, of spend. And so what I did is I, I did that and I was targeting teenagers because that was the demographic for, for Snapchat. And I got, I, I actually had in 2016 and 17, I had over a million students in the UK visit my website, which is ridiculous, right? All through Snapchat paid advertising. Now, that was fantastic in terms of just getting people looking at it, getting people talking about it, getting views on my blog posts, my, my pages, everything, YouTube, things like that. Great. Mm -hmm. But in terms of actual conversion to paid by like purchasing of tuition or products or anything that I had out at that time, the, the conversion rate was minuscule because... You know, they're students, they're teenagers, they want stuff, they, they, they don't have the cash or they want stuff for free. And that was fine. I was giving them a lot of free content, but in terms of actually sustaining the business, it wasn't the best thing. So mm -hmm. definitely one thing is just even the mistake I suppose I made is I was attracted by the big numbers of like, whoa, a million people have come to my site because I've, I'm offering this, this you know, useful stuff. And I think I got a bit carried away with that. And you should think more about, you should think about that. You should also think about who is actually going to, buy who are the customers who are going to buy from you and with me it's it's mainly the parents right they're the ones who are, who are going to make those decisions but for another business it might be you've got the customers the demographic of customers who are interested in what you do but then you've actually got the demographic who, who are your purchasing customers and you need to focus on on both of those i think to to whatever percentage of your attention you want to want to allocate maybe at the beginning it's it's depending on what your goals are. Obviously, if you want to raise more awareness, focus on the people who are just going to talk about your thing and use it. But if you're actually trying to build your bot bottom lineup, you've got to focus on the people who are actually going to buy. And they're often more expensive to reach. And that's why you don't want to go there. But you have to if you want to keep things going. So, yeah, that, that was one lesson that I definitely learned at the beginning was just because something's easy doesn't mean it's right. Uh, for the business just because it looks good it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do and yeah now I'm much more balanced in my approach and 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 how I how I market and advertise and, and put my message out there then sort of the flip side of that coin any big breakthrough moments you've had where you've seen something really click or you've been like oh this is going to double down on this thing this seems to really be working yeah it would be like, it would just be things that I never thought I'd be able to do at the beginning so when you look on Google, you look at all the organic search terms that are out there and you look at them and you think, I'm never going to get there. Look how big these companies are. Look how many views they've got. Look at, look at this YouTube video with all these views. And, you know, now my most viewed, okay, I'm not, I'm not, you know, there are some people who absolutely dwarf me in terms yeah. of their achievements and what their, how many views and things like that. But, you know, I, I started my YouTube channel, I think in 2016 and, you know, my YouTube videos are okay. I put, I try and do them the best I can. Some of them are a bit quick and a bit more kind of rough and ready. Some are a bit more highly edited, but my, my top most viewed YouTube video now has 50,000 views, which I look at that mm. and I'm like, whoa, that's, you know, that's sweet. That's a good amount. Nice. And then I've got a 
a, a blog article that gets something like just under 10,000 visits a month, which is nice. about uh, uh, how to make a revision timetable. And I'm number one on that. If you type that into Google, I, my post will turn up first. And, you know, that's a quite a competitive search term. And those were, those are examples of the big breakthrough. And I think I can, you know, now I've done it. I've seen what I did to get there. I believe I can do it again. And when you get those, it's really, those are really nice moments because you really, yeah. they did take a lot of work and a lot of, there were so many bad ones. And, you know, you, you kind of, you're trying to figure out how to get things in front of people. But when you get those breakthrough moments, it's really encouraging and you think you can do it again. So, yeah, I'm just now working towards trying to get another another few of them. So talk us through how how do you go about getting something up there on Google? So I think, well, I think the first thing is just persistence. I just constantly shared them if there was, and it was the tiny things, right? I put it in my email signature, right? So every email mm -hmm. I sent had this article, had this YouTube video. as like my two main things. I'd always point it out to people if I was just having a meeting with people. I'd say, look, here you go, check it out. And then there's also the more scalable things, like you can run a bit of paid advertising behind it. Obviously, it's a big play because you, you're not going to technically really get any cash out of that or any bottom line stuff coming in until well you don't know it's, you yeah. gotta hope that it gets up there so it's a, you can put paid spend behind it i, I did that I took that risk the other thing is trying to trying to network get get connected with people try and say look hey here's a useful blog post i'll you know if you, if you can put this out there give me what you think is valuable to my audience and I'll, I'll put it out there for you so just doing that and it's it's just constantly doing that over a long period of time and eventually it does start to pick up a bit of momentum but again it's just doing things over and over and over again until they you get the result that you want yeah then i know uh like a lot of people sort of coronavirus has fucked with your shit shall we say mm -hmm. <laughs> can you talk a bit about like your reaction to that and how you sort of went about pivoting because i know you've done that quite successfully and and something that maybe i think there's a lesson for a lot of people in there who've, who've maybe struggled during corona and how you can take what seems like a bad situation and sort of spin it around on its head i guess yeah so when i when the coronavirus saw kind of came to a came to a head in march i was i was out here in russia still and i was working with some some clients out here and, and everything was going smoothly and then obviously everything shut down just like the rest of the world but and then the schools starting sh shutting down and everything and i thought right you know there's there's got to be some opportunity here, especially in education because for the first time ever, schools had kind of fully shut, exams had uh, been cancelled, things like that. And in a way, it did actually, it did have a negative impact on my stuff because I was preparing kids for exams that were going to happen that got cancelled. So there was yeah. really no point in my services anymore, at least for this year, because there was so much uncertainty. But then there were other places where exams hadn't been cancelled. There were some parents who kind of were taking a bit more of a long-term view. And I also knew that if the kids weren't in school, there was a massive opportunity there where you got a load of time that needs to be filled and parents want to fill it. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the other thing is that schools are not, this online tuition thing that they were now doing, they're completely new to it. Teachers don't know how to do that very well. It's the first time that they're doing it. A lot of them don't even know how to use Zoom um, yeah. or the platforms. You know, they know how to use it now because it's fairly intuitive, but it was their first time using it. So it's not going to be slick and, you know, that well done. And I've seen it. You know, a lot of the schools were really struggling to deliver anything that was actually decent. They had to change everything that was in paper format to online, to digital. Think about how you're going to get that message over to students who perhaps could be distracted or mucking around behind the screen, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, that, then I just thought, right, let's go. So I, I just took a bit of cash that I had, chucked it behind some ads that I thought would work. And I started doing these massive open online workshops that were live 
done targeted towards specific subjects that had exams that year that hadn't been canceled, making sure the parents knew about it and doing it for free at the beginning, making sure that I, and then learning, what do you like? What do you not like? Should I present like this? Did you like this kind of delivery format? These, these jokes, um, this activity that we did, all that stuff. And I refined it and refined it. And then I started charging people for smaller workshops. So really it's finding opportunities like that. It's, and again, I look back to, the, the skill of and the, and the confidence when you know how to do some paid advertising correctly and you can mm-hmm. do it yourself. It's a bit like, I always say, you know, I can't code on computers. I can, I can understand a little bit of it, like the basic HTML stuff, but I can't do any mm-hmm. of the other stuff. And I've always thought, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if you could just pop open a laptop and just make something on an iPhone or something like that? That would be awesome. But I also think if you know how to run advertising, it's a similar kind of skill that a lot of people say, wouldn't it be awesome if I could just get this in front of the right people? And if you know how to do your advertising properly, it, it's similar. So that's what I did during the coronavirus period. And actually, I was able to pivot out of that pretty well and probably better off for it. So especially seeing how the world's changed in, in a way, the whole of the world has had this guinea pig test experience of online tutoring, which is great. Mm-hmm. Because it means that my stuff now, if it's online, is totally legitimate and, and they're used to it. Parents are like, oh, yeah, we've done a bit of that before. That's fine. We can do that. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's how people are thinking about it now, which is fantastic. And uh, it's, it's, I, th- I think that the consequences are going to be much more long term uh, and it's going to stick around for a while. So I'm going to look to try and do as best as I can then and reach as many people as possible and, and deliver some, some great products and services to the people who want that. Boom. Love it. Yeah. One thing, another thing I guess I wanted to talk about or touch on, which I think you sort of already, I think you've already alluded to this, but it's like the idea of building a brand versus building a business, I guess, you know, like you talked about initially sort of falling for the allure of looking at the number of visitors to a site rather than the number of converting customers, I guess. Any thoughts on on how to how to balance those thinking those ways of thinking in your head or like what the optimal balance is around those hitting those big vanity numbers i guess like follower count or or you know views of website page views those sort of things versus the more bottom line business results yeah for sure so no i think this always just reminds me of the thing that i think about when i think about this is influencer marketing because i know they in media we pushed it a lot but secretly that was something that i just never really believed in i was just like this is not it's just my personal opinion. I know that it was a big thing at, at VaynerMedia and, and actually we did have some good examples of it going well, but I just, I think so many people, for example, Instagram, take it, take Instagram as an example. I just think there's so many Instagram accounts out there where, yeah, they have a lot of followers, but just nobody is actually going to buy anything from you. Nobody is actually going to, you know, you, you say, who wants this t-shirt design? It's a classic example, right? Simple mm-hmm. business. Who wants this t-shirt design? hypothetically, who wants this? You get loads of people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's amazing. I'd wear that. I'd wear that. And then you stick a price tag to it and you say, right, you know, 20 quid, $20, whatever. And you put it out there and it's, you know, tumbleweed. Nobody's interested. <laughs> and I, I, I think this happens a lot. It does. And I think a lot of it is fronting. I think a lot of influence out there front and they say, right, this is how much. Mm-hmm. Look at all these sales. Look at all these numbers. This is amazing. And it's why, you know, I think in the advertising industry as well, a lot of people be like, look at your engagement metrics. Look at how many people click. Look at how many people did this. Look at how many people mm-hmm. viewed. And you're like, right, how many people actually bought? You know, that's that's the punchline, depending on the objective of your campaign, obviously. But I think, yeah, with that, it's it's about the building a business, trying to make sure that you've got, my, my approach would be try and make sure you've got the small group of customers that would actually buy off you first. You would actually pay for it before you focus on any of the big numbers, the big metrics, the big views, things like that. 
I think that's the most important thing to, to focus on at first. And because people, you know, I, I think everybody gets uh, carried away with it, maybe because they see all the big stuff happening on the internet. People try and skip that step of just seeing if anybody actually wants what they do. Do that, do that first step first. And I know it's boring and it takes time and it's, it's difficult and it's, it's really, you know, small scale and local business kind of vibe to it. But you have to do that to, to just double check that this thing's actually got merit and it will work if you do want to make it big and it will only get harder when you make it bigger because things are more likely to go wrong. The product might lose quality. There might be a whole load of scaling issues and things like that. So yeah, I, I, I just think an Instagram influencers is maybe the example of that, how there are a lot of people who have a lot of, a lot of people looking at their stuff, but nothing's actually being bought. And yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's a bit of a hazy error in that you can't see anybody's actual numbers. And I, I'm not yeah. saying that there, I'm not saying that it doesn't work because I know that it does. Cause I did work on some campaigns where we did see some, some good numbers, but it, it really depends. Like obviously with a lot of the celebrities or, you know, there's that stat about Cristiano Ronaldo earning more on Instagram than he does in real life. Right. But mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see, and, you know, because he continuously is getting paid that much, okay, maybe the brand, the brands obviously must be seeing some kind of return on their investment. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep paying it. It wouldn't make sense, right? But I think with the smaller scale stuff, the smaller, you know, micro-influencer stuff, it might be it might be a bit trickier. And it, it does, obviously, it's case by case. But the, the bigger picture of, you know, if you, just because you got 20,000 people looking at something doesn't mean that they're going to buy from you. And it's about yeah delivering them value building that brand and i think the it does increase the likelihood of them buying from you mm-hmm. if you do that what about things that you're seeing work like now either things you're seeing work or things that maybe you've seen that might not apply to your business but you think oh that looks like an exciting area for marketing basically I, I in a way i quite like it how there's been all this chat about tiktok and stuff recently because i think if you can get all the it, for example, I like Facebook because I just think the, the targeting on there is incredible, right? And it's, I think it was something that was like a very much a vayner media point of view as well that Facebook was the one for the targeting. It just has so much, so many options and so many, uh, obviously a lot of those actually have been taken away because they're, they're seen as you know, too targeted or a bit unfair or using mm-hmm. user data in a way that's not just. But all the focus on TikTok recently, in my view, it might take a lot of brand spend and attention onto that platform. So that actually, if you stick around with one of the tried and true methods, like Facebook or on Instagram, it, it could it could really work for you instead of instead of trying to be a first mover on TikTok. Because mm-hmm. I, I imagine some brands might, the smaller ones anyway, might allocate budget from a Facebook or an Instagram to TikTok and if you hang around that it might affect your CPMs or how much you're you're paying to, to reach people. So that's that's one of the things that I think is quite nice sometimes when they, when there is a bit of a furore or there's a lot of media attention given to a new platform. If you hang around on the old stuff it could actually work in your favor. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? No. I'm not coach, because coach get on there man I know Little I should, short I should... exam tips like a <laughs> like a 10 sec I swear honestly do one today I dare you a 10 second study <laughs> tip like here's uh-huh. here's three quick study hacks and say them real fast something like that I bet you would do well mm-hmm. no see I, I just think the yeah I'm trying to obviously make sure that I'm in the areas that that matter I still need to make my mind up on on TikTok and I need to have a look at it I probably just yeah, go, probably on, and, not be go on and put a 10 second exam tip video on it today and tell okay, me how many okay. views you get. <laughs> that's, right, get that's the real test that's the test test and learn exactly okay. we'll see we'll see <laughs> that's a no <laughs> <laughs> no you know i just 
It's not in my current plan. It's not in my current plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about it myself. I need to up my game. I've put some some uh-huh. shitty TikToks up, but I need to I need to up my game. It's free organic uh-huh. reach, man. It's dreamy. It's the stuff yeah, but who's looking at that? Of. Who's I mean, watching a, it? A lot of people now. It's I mean, like, yeah, but but what age demographic? Like, what 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 kind of people are watching it? Do you know? I mean, it definitely skews younger, but I know, like, most people in my age group now, I feel like, are on TikTok too and consuming content. And I think, so I think it's in the process of aging up. I'd say it's aged up to, like, 35 maybe now. So it's not, like, still not the older age groups, I wouldn't say, but I would say up to, like, 35, I reckon there's people there. Got it. And there's still some older people. But yeah, I mean, I guess if if you're trying to target the parents, maybe it's not the best place. But if you're trying to build awareness among the students i feel like it is probably the place yeah absolutely i agree okay i might have to take <laughs> you up on your offer at some point <laughs> yeah if you do if you do let me know the i want to know the reach after two days okay i'll let you know <laughs> linkedin's um, another doozy though for that linkedin still well, is it yeah uh, i i must admit i have let my linkedin game drop significantly from from my glory days but uh, you used to be an absolute seemed... unit on there. You used to I be did. doing all sorts. <laughs> I went through a phase where I posted every day. I think it's good uh-huh. to do that sometimes, you know. I, I might try to get back into it. And he, so some of the stuff was just nonsense because I was just like forcing myself to sit down and type yeah. something every day. Say and something. some of it did really well. Yeah. I actually have a, I might re reuse one that did particularly well about post about Father Christmas, a story about the last year when I was starting to question the existence of Santa Claus, already embarrassingly old, I'm sure, like 12 or 11, uh-huh. maybe not 12, like 10 or 11, I decided I'm going to write my letter to the North Pole and not tell my parents what I'm asking for, or my brother, not tell anyone. So that way it's a true test of if Santa is real. And <laughs> to, to get around this, uh-huh. it was like pretty early days of email, I guess. My parents got like a, a lo- one of those local newspapers that get posted in the door, planted mm-hmm. a fake flyer in it saying... You can now email your letter to Santa using this email address. Got my brother in on it to come and be like, oh my God, look at this. How cool is this? So that I wasn't suspicious. And then I sent an email to what was just their email address. <laughs> sending my letter to Santa. And, uh, and a post about that story on LinkedIn is the thing that probably got the most reach on LinkedIn of anything I ever posted, which just goes to show that you don't need to post wankery jargon about business to be successful no. on LinkedIn. No, you don't. Just stick a Santa Claus. Santa. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what you want for Christmas. Tug on the heartstrings. <laughs> so a question I have about about living in Russia. Is there anything that's like stood out as like things you've learned there or things that you're like, oh, they do that better here? Anything that's like culturally different where you're like, they're doing this right here. We've got that wrong over in England slash Ireland. There's a few pieces of technology here that I've seen. That I'm, I'm just like, why aren't we doing this back home? So, for example, when you go to a petrol station here, you can just pay on your phone. You sit, you sit in the car. Some guy comes in, just fills up your car, and you just pay on your phone. I don't know if you can do this in the UK, but I haven't been in one. I've always had to go in and pay. And yeah. you can just pay and go and leave. And it's fine. The cars just go mm-hmm. in and out seamlessly, which is quite cool. And then nice. the banking here is also is also very good. It's very... Um, you know the apps and just just everything. There's just more options, and it's a bit slicker, I'd say. So those that's just some of the technology stuff. And actually, the other thing is the the if you eat out here, it's cheaper. But the restaurant service and and the the experience and the design and the interior and everything in any kind of public space, especially restaurants, mm-hmm. is extremely good. It's extremely. I think it's just because 
I don't know how these things work in cities. Maybe you get a few restaurants just set an extremely high standard and then every other restaurant just has to keep up. But in London, I've definitely seen that it's, you know, you, you really don't get that unless, and sometimes you, you have to go to extremely, you know, expensive, nice places to even get anything near to it. But here, on average, everywhere is very good um, like that. And the other thing I like about the this the Russian mentality is that, you know, I think because of the history of, of this country and every country's obviously got their own history, but the people here, they're, they're very tough. Um, they don't complain. Uh, they just get on with stuff. And um, and they, 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 there's this mentality of, you know, tomorrow everything could be different. So the, even though the coronavirus, I suppose, was like a thing for the rest of the world to be like, whoa, everything changed very, very quickly. Uh, and, you know, the world is different from what it was like yesterday. Here, I think th th that, 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 that uh, approach is already part of the psyche already. It's, it's just kind of, the, you know, roll with it, get on with it and, uh, you know, find the, find the opportunity or the, the way to move forward, uh, which I quite like. I get a sense from just if, speaking to people here, looking at how they do things, that mentality is definitely strong. And that's, that's one of the things I, I do like a lot. It certainly seem like there's a lot of, a lot of no messing attitudes going on there. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just crack on, get on with it. And, uh, I think when, especially when you met with a challenge, that that can really be a valuable mindset to have. Um, yeah, to, to just get on with things and and see see the good stuff. Try and put the bad stuff to one side and continue. Booyah! Okay, slight change in direction now. <laughs> I'm gonna go meta and discuss meta. the podcast. Okay. Discuss the podcast on the podcast because I feel like we have we have some good um some good brainstorming sessions sometimes. So might as well get one on record. Because I basically, yeah, yeah. I'm my plan with this podcast. I haven't felt like this. Like I've, I, I have already drawn a lot of parallels between the podcast slash the art and how I felt early on when I started doing kung fu. Like when I was a kid, I did like every possible sport you could imagine. Like I did gymnastics, I played hockey, I played football, I played rugby like twice until I got tackled, and then I never wanted to play rugby again. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I discovered kung fu, and I was like, oh, like something dear felt different, and it clicked, and like that was something that I did for like 10, 12 years, sort of thing. Yeah. And so I have that sort of feeling about this podcast and stuff, and it's something that I just am like. I think this is going to be really successful, not because it's going to grow, like blow up and be quick success. I just am not going to stop. And I think it's going to like gradually build momentum and be a juggernaut. And I, I look forward to us listening back to this clip on like episode 257. Now I'm going to have to get you on episode 257 to make sure we can do this. Sure. <laughs> but any thoughts early on on like how you might go about marketing a, a new podcast, ways to get more listeners, any thoughts on on stuff like that? I would well. This, which uh, which platform do you use to publish it? Libsyn. Libsyn. It's, yeah, I use that yeah. too. It's good though. On that, you can automate all of the the distribution to all the different networks, right? Mm -hmm. So you've you've already got that set up. So that's pretty good. But I would I would even do things like you know just to get I would do I would do tests like just to get loads and loads of listens. I would do something like maybe what you even recommended me to do on TikTok. I would buy some paid advertising on TikTok, just a small amount, not much, like 100, mm -hmm. 100 150 quid or something like that. And target students and, and, and give them like, a, you, could, you could position it as a, a marketing, almost like a, a marketing course that's for free, but they're just getting all this great information because, you know, you're getting professionals on this podcast. They're going to be able to learn things through that. They're going to be able to apply that. That's, I actually think, you know, actually listening to, people who have done it and then just going straight ahead and applying it yourself is probably way more valuable than 
taking marketing at university or something like that. And and you could do that. And I'm sure if you if you made the right ad that positioned things like, hey, you know, there's professionals on here. It's a marketing podcast. If you're interested in marketing, check it out. Swipe up for free. It's a podcast. You could get a load of listens that way. And would it be just, you know, doing a hundred quid a month on advertising, getting that out there? Then then there's obviously the yeah, the mar- marketing podcast. It, it would you'd have to look at well, there are there are a few other others out there because I've seen the the leaderboards you've been posting on. <laughs> maybe it was on LinkedIn, but it would be it would be also you know offering it to people who are, who already have businesses who are maybe talking about something that they want to get out to their their clients and their customer mm-hmm. base and and chatting with them about you know their marketing strategy on the podcast. Uh, yeah, and then they can kind of almost you can pitch it as you know I'm just going to talk through with you some ideas that we could do. I'll come prepared. Tell me about your business. I'll come with some good ideas. So it can be almost like a kind of free consultancy thing where you're getting a podcast from it. They're getting just a free jam session with someone who actually knows a bit about, you know, paid search and paid advertising. And, you know, if you could get someone who actually had a decent sized business and some, you know, decent email list and things like that, then maybe they could put it out there on their blog and then you got another play. It's just building it up over time. I should have come prepared yeah. with notes for this, shouldn't I? Shouldn't I? You put me on the spot here. Uh, but, uh... The, the TikTok thing I quite like, actually. I think that's decent. I think that's, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and the student listener as well, the thing is, is that, yeah, they're not going to buy anything and everything, everything like that that quickly because they just, you know, they're not, they're not there for that. But they will, you know, they will be engaged. They do really hang around. Like I've had students who I've, I I remember there was a few of them that I think came across my stuff when they were 16 and now they're 22 and mm-hmm. uh they you know they've been with, with me the whole time just like listening to the stuff and it's yeah. great because they keep coming back so yeah, yeah that's how I that's how I go for it as we're we're coming towards the end of 2020 always an interesting topic I think any thoughts on have you started thinking about goals for for next year and then also sort of more more than just that are there any any things you find in terms of how you go about like do you set goals every year are there things that you find work in terms of goal setting new year's resolutions anything like that things that not also by the way if i told you i haven't drank this year a drop of alcohol oh no i remember in, i think i chatted to you yeah, yeah no i think i chatted to you in, in uh i remember you mentioned that on i think we had a a, a chat during the coronavirus time lockdown yeah. sesh and uh <laughs> that's unbelievable well done thank you Superb. Yeah, for you people feeling? for people who know me that's a that's an impressive yeah piece. yeah yeah that's incredible <laughs> you still um, have a whiskey <laughs> oh stop and a red wine How yeah you feel? i feel unreal man i feel yeah. like just uh, like i i wouldn't say i'm like oh i feel noticeably better like day to day i feel maybe probably marginally better yes but it's like just the amount of days extra that i've basically had this year through not wasting days being hung over is just monumental yeah time is back yeah yeah exactly it's like an extra day in the week <laughs> yeah it's an extra day in the week that's a, that's a, that's a phenomenal achievement well done are you going to keep keep it going into next year that's what I've been I've been agonizing about that thought a lot. Um yeah. and I don't know. I think I think the correct choice is definitely to just never drink again because that avoids any slippery slope. But I yeah. also think like red wine at a meal, I'm like, oh, that's the thing I miss the most. And and the thing that probably least tempts me to like binge drink. So I feel like I yeah. might experiment yeah. with that uh-huh. and then maybe, you know, one or two blowouts a year potentially. But we'll see. Uh-huh. A little bit of rouge at a meal isn't, you know, I think that's <laughs> that's fairly civilized stuff, isn't it? 
<laughs> it is. So yeah, but that's that's amazing to 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 uh, have done that. Well done. I'm I'm impressed, and uh, real discipline's needed. So nice job. Uh, with me, what what uh, what do I think? I think with with the New Year's resolutions, I try to every year not set New Year's resolutions because my theory is is that if everybody is trying to use this random day that's chosen as a new year to suddenly do the right thing or change something just doesn't really make sense to me why don't you just do it on a tuesday or just do it on yeah. you know, wednesday the 7th of october or something like that you know just that i don't like that idea of having to wait for a day and then being like right now i'm going to change so i just throughout the year i'm constantly trying to just set goals achieve uh tweak them slightly i actually i'm going to try this thing this year especially because it's been a bit of a road year for mm. everybody this you know this idea of you've had a bad maybe first second and third quarter hasn't gone to plan but now you know we're beginning of december this now you've got the last month the very last moments of the final quarter of the, the football game if you want to use an american sport to, to make it count to win it to to to, to throw the touchdown pass to do something really good uh, and and that's what i'm going to focus on is finishing as strongly as possible and just right. continuing not not changing much uh massively just tweaking stuff I know what I'm trying to do and just keep going. Just just continue. Use obviously use the new year as a positive, a refresher, but don't try and change things massively. Instead, have the mindset that you can change things anytime and uh just tweak stuff over the course of the year and keep going that way. That's that's how I like to run it. Fuck yeah, I love that. That's a, it's so true as well. Yeah, it's so arbitrary. And I feel like, yeah, a lot of the best the best things are those things that are just decided on a random Tuesday. But it's like a real a real decision rather than sort of a, oh, I'll do this because everyone else is doing it sort of move. Yeah. And the other thing I like about that as well is if you do decide something on a random Tuesday, and this happens with everybody, even the kind of productivity people you see online who, who have got the strategies and things, which I think a few of them are really good, actually. But it's important not to spend too much time there because once you've got the productivity strategy, then you need to apply it to something that you're trying to that you're trying to do. But yeah, I, I was going to say that we, even if you do decide something on a Tuesday, and it, it, you know, I often do this because I I'm, I struggle with my discipline sometimes. Is you 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 have two good days and then you completely forget about it and muck it up. So like for something that I'm trying to do, I'm trying to learn Russian, right? out here i i had so many stops and full starts and I, i've just kind of staggered my way through this language which is actually pretty difficult to learn i I've can imagine even, yeah i've never even seen it before i came here literally and i had to learn the alphabet and all that and i've been stumbling through it but you know ju- I'm, I'm i'm just about able to kind of speak now a little bit right uh, nice. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but i can kind of you know I can understand things. I struggle a bit with the com- conversation, but I can understand stuff. I can read stuff. I, I generally know what's kind of going on, which feels good. Because uh, nice. when I first came here, didn't have a clue. And <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 was something that at the beginning I was so motivated. You know, I just came. I was like, right, every day, gonna smash it. Bit bit, you know, bit every day. And that yeah. didn't happen because things happen, things change, and. Uh, that was difficult to keep up, but just kept on revisiting it every week saying, right, come on. And sometimes you even have a bad month, but you get back to it and you're like, right, come on, let's get back on track. Try it. 20 minutes every day, 20 minutes, try it. And then you keep doing that. And then eventually it does add up. So I also like the approach of just doing it on a Tuesday or any other random day yeah. because it gives you that ability to just say, you know what, it doesn't matter. Just pick another Tuesday, go again. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, 
it's definitely I've seen it happen this year definitely with the language learning it's helped a lot and I definitely could have progressed quicker if I was more disciplined but I didn't do it so I've got to try and get better and uh, do it next time yeah and that's the lesson nice you talked about the productivity people on YouTube etc and I know we've uh we've shared our our notes across many of those things before but any in that sort of self-help productivity sort of space any any particular content that's resonating with you at the moment like any books maybe any youtube people anything like that i like the i have so there's two email guys email newsletters that i've been subscribed to for ages one of them mm. is seth godin i've always Legend. been subscribed to him just because he was the first ever business guy that I'd subscribed to. First ever. I think I did it when I was 16, when my dad was like, this guy's good, try him. And it was just, I thought this is, you know, this is just ridiculous business stuff. I don't need to know about this yet. But <laughs> I looked at it and I've just always kept it just as, you know, he was the first guy that I ever had as an email newsletter. So, and he always comes up, you know, his stuff, it's, it comes out every day. Some of it, you know, I skim it and some of it, you know, every now and then you get something that's really meaningful. Some of it, mm -hmm. I, I don't, it doesn't resonate with me, but you just, you know, that's what it's meant there. It's just there every day. Check it out. If it's good, try and apply it. If you, if you don't find it quite hits the spot with you, move on. The other guy is um, Ryan Holiday that I've, I've actually just yeah. unsubscribed to his email, his email list uh, because I thought I was spending too much time each day, like going into rabbit holes based on what his stuff it's philosophy stuff which is good but i just thought if i if i probably only spend about 15 minutes a day on it but i want those i want to allocate those 15 minutes slightly differently over the next month but he's he's always great just for the you know the the stoic advice and things like that i think they've got some great principles that are very easy to apply and they're just tried and true and the thing i like about that the most is it's been around for thousands of years it's not you know a lot of yeah. stuff isn't new it's just it's your bread and butter it's been there uh for a long time it works just do it and uh no i thought I'd, i've been reading i actually over the last month or two i really went into quite a lot of detail on this stuff so i've unsubscribed now to give myself a bit of i've, I've kind of taken the lessons and i want to now focus on mm -hmm. just constantly applying them so i've just and i think it's important to do that to cycle the people that you're allowing your attention yeah spend a bit of time with them uh and then get them out definitely like you know, even with Gary Vaynerchuk, I, I was on his stuff constantly for when I, when I was at VaynerMedia. I think I stayed on it for another six months. Then I unsubscribed to everything. And then now occasionally I dip back in and just say, all right, what's he, you know, what, is there anything good now? Because, you know, I don't want to be a, one of these fanboy groupies. That's not my vibe. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to just talk <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's true. I, I, don't, I think I'd encourage everybody as well, even if you're looking at I don't know. You might be. You might get a few guys that do that with this podcast thing. So you yeah, yeah. Right. Like you know, you look. You're just looking at it and listening to it too much instead of actually doing it. And there's a there's a you know all these guys who are doing this stuff. They're not obviously they want you to have a listen and and uh, have a watch. But I think most importantly of all, they actually want you to do it. Yeah. Uh, so unsubscribe and do it, and then maybe check in with an email to them and say, look, I listened to your advice. I did all this. Check it out. Yeah. And, uh, that, that would be cool. So that's, yeah, that's how I try to approach the, the email newsletters and the, the social media subscriptions, yeah. things like that. It's funny you say that about Gary, because I think that's so true. I think his content is so much like you get super deep into it for a while and then 
it it works which means you stop watching it because you go do things but then you can it's like you do i find myself i go back every six months or eight months i'm like and i'm in a phase now where i've watched a bunch of his videos recently but it's like and i think it also is like it's sort of you get his latest once you've heard a few four or five things you're like okay now i know where his head's at and then if you go back six or eight months later there's there is some new stuff in there that's like oh there's a that's a new angle that he's talking about now that sort of stuff but yeah i agree i think it's about dipping into the things and figuring out the right things I've also I've I've been terrible at reading for a number of years, but I've been getting into into books a bit more recently. I'm I'm near I'm like halfway through Think and Grow Rich. Have you ever read that? Yeah, the Robert Kiyosaki one. No, is that Napoleon, it? Napoleon Napoleon oh, Hill. Napoleon Napoleon Hill. Sorry, yeah, Napoleon Hill. Yeah, I have read it. I think I, I've read it a while ago. Which is the other? It's is uh. So there's Napoleon Hill, but then there's the Dale Carnegie How to Make Friends and Influence People, right? Yeah. There's, that one yeah okay yeah i see you mate what's what's the the main takeaways from that where you are so far in the book basically the importance i mean i'm paraphrasing i think a lot of people will misread that book as like the secret like just decide that you want something and then you can have it but it's very much about the the power and the importance of having a super specific clear vision of where you want to go and then building your plan of action and taking action towards that very clear vision um, and how it, it's basically about the limitless possibilities of the mind and how it's only our thinking that limits us, I think, you know, and like if you set a clear goal with a very clear vision of the price you're going to pay for that goal and then go about paying that price, you you can do pretty much anything you want. <laughs> yeah. Clear vision. Key. Yeah. Another random pivot in conversation, but I just had like a flashback and I think this is an area where you can provide value that is probably not relevant to the target of this podcast, but fuck you if you're complaining about it, Um, which (laughs) which is smartphone management, how to how to take control of your smartphone rather than your smartphone taking control of you because i feel like that is a massive pitfall that a lot of people fall into i think i'm quite good at ignoring my phone and i still think i look at my phone way too much so i know that there's people who are like addicts of their phone thoughts on how you can can wrangle that addiction and and like i said own your smartphone rather than it owning you because i know that's something you've done a lot of thinking on yeah, I always remember this at Vayner Media. It was a funny joke because I think everybody was, there was a survey that came around and everyone was asked, oh, what's your favorite app? And it was positioned, the question was positioned as what's your favorite social media app? And I said settings on, on the <laughs> iPhone because it's where you make all the adjustments to turn off all the notifications and everything like that. But and I, I started doing this a bit when I saw that students really struggled with it when they were working because they were trying to study and revise and do things to get better at their their exams and and other things and they couldn't actually focus because just constantly you know addicted to their phones or addicted in the way of they don't understand the mechanisms that are being used by the the companies to get your attention and keep it Mm -hmm. there and just really make you want to watch the next youtube video the recommendations engine on youtube or snapchat or anything like that and they're really you know they're hacking your psychology and they're really figuring out you know what exactly do we need to show this person in order to just get them totally locked in and to keep mm-hmm. them there for a long time. And Vayner Media helped, I think, everybody there understand more how that happens because you're spending so much time on social media and you're looking at all the targeting options. You look at how, you know, this is actually how these companies are thinking about it. They're thinking, right, how can we kind of put people into groups? How can we make these little profiles and psychological profiles? Okay, these people like this, these people like, you know, what what is going to push their buttons and get them to 
to do things that that we need them to to look at. And yeah, with the, with the smartphone stuff, I I just I, I obviously I think I sometimes spend too much time on it. But the the main thing that I'm I always just try to do with my smartphone is just think about the necessity of everything on there, like what is actually necessary, what's not. Doing things like there's been so many. I think the best guy on this is uh, Cal Newport. He's written that good book, Digital Minimalism, which mm-hmm. is just about his. You know, he he sounds like he really doesn't like Facebook. Like he hates Facebook, um, but it's you know he does things like having that quiet time at the beginning of the day where your your phone's on airplane mode and you just allow yourself to crack on with the main priorities. But it's it's I think it's just actively doing things to to not just waste time on your phone, whether it's taking the social media apps off and just yeah, the, the social media is tricky because it just does show you everybody else's life the whole time. And you, I think you just have to make a personal decision of like, do you want to see that or not? Like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you want to be looking at it the whole time? Like, is it better that actually you've got 15 people that you're really close with and are you just going to communicate with them on WhatsApp? And if there's something cool that comes up in your life, just send them a picture of it. And then at least you can just talk about it with them because there's just so much collateral that you also get off social media, which is just not relevant to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, you go down that, that rabbit hole and you spend ages looking at it and it's a tricky one, but it, it's, it, I think it's just making that the most powerful decision you can make about your phone. I think is just decide how you want to use it in your head. And mm-hmm. then you make the little change, changes and adjustments on your phone to do that, to, to help you with that, turning off notifications, putting on notifications for apps you actually think are valuable um, and help you towards your goals. But it, yeah. I think the number one thing is your mindset about it, like your mentality. Like, is it a tool to prevent you from getting bored or is it a tool to try and use and make progress with and help you? Yeah, fuck man. I just had like such a <laughs> such a random thought, but like thinking about it'd be so fun to look at the story of two two different versions of the same model of iphone say going out of a factory right and imagine one of them goes to one of them goes to gary v and he fucking churns out you know 10 million of profit through this phone in whatever however many months he has the phone for and then you go to a different person who has the exact same model of phone and like (laughs) they get like x number of they get the same they get 10 million points on candy crush or something it's just like the (laughs) The the, yeah. the same level of effort and and touching of the phone, but the different outcomes based same on what, time what, spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on what you're doing with that, it's crazy how that can be so different, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. No, when I see the other thing is I like games on the phone. I just zero. You know, oh, I haven't I had one of them. That. In, since yeah, I haven't had one of them in like, like ten years. Nothing, I, I see like, it the what whole are you time? doing? <laughs> people on the tube. People on the Fucking... tube. Like people yeah. sitting in cars, I'm like, what are you doing? You're 50 and you're playing Tetris. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come Read on, a book. do something, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, it's that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, come on, that's got to change. But uh, yeah, that's it's you know, but, but who am I to tell them that they shouldn't be playing Tetris? If they want to play Tetris, fine, it's your life. Yeah, you can do yeah, what you true. want. But if you want to, you know, if, if you want to do stuff and 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 achieve something, then you, you know you got a debate does tetris actually help you achieve it you know if you're trying to do something that involves like spatial awareness maybe 20 minutes of tetris each day does help i don't know uh, but, yeah 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 but some of those people you've laughed at on the tube are actually the world champion of spatial awareness yeah they could be exactly so they'll, they'll be tetris. laughing at me right tetris. Now, yeah, sure. they... yeah yeah 
They were like, this guy's an idiot. He's not playing Tetris 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Okay, coming to the end now, the question I'm asking everyone is any thoughts on anyone you think I should like try and get on the podcast? Be they not well-known or be they like super well-known? Just anyone you think would be a good person to try and get on. The boss, Gary Vaynerchuk, get him on. Surely. Yeah. I'm, I think <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. I'm, I'm aiming for I'm aiming to ask him to come on to episode 100 I think I think in my head oh. that's what I might do you heard it here first yeah, you, you go for it he would love it I feel like he'd respect yeah, the hustle of having got to that many episodes yeah, you know what I mean have, yeah no he's he's um I think he'd be the big one right he'd be the biggie and yeah. uh that would be good he'll just be one but, though uh, there'll be a, there's there'll be a lot of biggies don't you worry there'll be a lot of fucking biggies yeah yeah, yeah. no I think I think that would be a good one who else in the, the marketing the marketing arena? I mean, Seth Godin would be pretty um, fucking epic. Yeah, like Seth Godin would be one. good. But you, I don't know. You don't really have leverage. With, you know, Seth, I don't think you've met Seth Godin. Have you worked for Seth Godin? I haven't, but you never know. No. <laughs> no. Maybe the thing, the coolest thing I think anybody can do is if you apply what someone, like one of these marketing guys actually says, like recommends, and you yeah. show you've done it, and you show and you do like a massively detailed report and show all the different elements of it and make something that actually they could then talk about and say, wow, like someone's applied this and this is what they thought and this is the tweaks and the adjustments they made and this is all the data. I think that would be a big bit of leverage that you could go to any marketing guy and just say, look, I've done this. And then you obviously wouldn't put the ask in like, do you want to come on my podcast? It would just, you just do it, expect nothing in return. And then maybe six months down the line, if you needed someone, you could say, hey, look, I'm that guy who did that yeah, detailed yeah. report. What do you think? What do you think about this? You know? Yeah, I like it. So yeah, that's that's my view. Nice. And then last question, any call to action for the audience? Where can people find you, uh, follow you, etc.? Sure. Yeah. So uh, if you type in The Exam Coach on Google, www.theexamcoach.tv, that's my uh, website. We're running, at the, at the moment, we're doing a lot of online workshops for students who are sitting the 11 plus exam in the UK. We do maths and English for them. I do the English and then another guy I work with does the maths. And we got a, we got a couple of other people who help with the, the day-to-day running, the marketing, the advertising, customer service. Um, so yeah, we got a small team, but it's, I think, you know, we're doing a great job at the moment. We're delivering a service that people enjoy. Um, so if you've got a, if you've got a child that's between the age of six, seven-ish and 12 we can we can help out and then we also do gcse and a level at the moment that's kind of paused uh because of the exam being cancelled again this year coming um which is you know pretty rogue in terms of it's <laughs> never happened before and two two years in a row two exams that my business is totally focused on or was now. predominantly focused on just get just get wiped <laughs> It's just uh, not it's ideal, tricky. but at the same, uh, yeah, at the same time, you know, you just, you just, just rock and roll. Peel Stay stoic. And, uh, Stay stoic. Yeah, find something else to do in the meantime. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's it's going well, and uh, I enjoy the challenge of you know keeping your own your own thing going and 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 trying to deliver a really great service that's different and um, on the cutting edge of what's available in the online education area. So, yeah, if you want to check me out, and I, uh, my email is uh, james at theexamcoach.tv. So you can send me an email if there's anything else you want to discuss. If it's not uh, exam coach related, you can, you can email me on there. Love it. Well, James Davey, the exam coach, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Super.
Thanks for having me on, Angus. And uh, have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you. Peace and love, man. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. This has been the Creative Marketing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle. Don't forget to buy some art, artbyangus.com. Follow me on Instagram, at Angus Boyle. Angus with an E, A-E-N-G-U-S, because my name's not Angus. I'm not made of beef. Other than that, God, if you're still listening at this point, you're a fucking legend. Love you loads. Hope you're having a great day. It's Wednesday. Well, it's actually Tuesday now, and I'm recording this. It's going to be out on Wednesday. Could be fucking Friday when you're listening to it. If it is, fair play. If it's not fucking unlucky better look next time just pick a different day to listen to the podcast and then it will be friday you know think about these things come on yeah see you later